During the COVID-19 pandemic, Fernanda Vallejo saw a need to build a community, creating a Facebook group for Latin American Canadian women and other newcomers. That group has become the not-for-profit Latinas Manitoba. She now has plans for a community center and is also increasing awareness around intimate partner violence. Let's get into it. My name is uh, Maria Fernanda Vallejo. I'm from Quito, Ecuador. So this country is in South America. Um, well, I speak uh, Spanish, English, trying to learn French. I have three kids. Founder of Latinas Manitoba, which is a non-profit organization, which was legally incorporated on 2021. It's kind of funny how that started or began. It began during the pandemic as a Facebook group. What sort of got those wheels turning to make it a nonprofit? When I came here to Canada, there were not that many Latin people, I will say. I used to be really surprised when I used to take a bus and listen to someone speaking in Spanish, <laughs> right? I met a lot of, of people from El Salvador, Chile at that point of my life. And most of the women, they were kind of depressed or kind of ashamed to talk about their feelings, about leaving their families far, far away. Or sometimes um, maybe because the reason why they came to, to Canada. Most of them were um, refugees, but I had my family here. So my family probably arrived like... 30, 35 years ago, I believe. My auntie is one of the persons who inspire me. People choose Canada or Winnipeg for a variety uh, of reasons. And, you know, sometimes when you get here, it can be a struggle, whether that's language barriers, cultural barriers, or as you're mentioning, a cultural community that you're close to isn't necessarily around. So I guess Maybe is that part of the reason why you wanted to create this, in, inspired by your aunt to create a community to help bring people together? So I found inspiration in all the women that I uh, met at first, right? So they used to go to a church and I knew that most of them really enjoy go, go shopping, for example, during the, the weekends or every day. They didn't get alone for different reasons, maybe because... Um, People think that they're going to gossip on, on the other one, you know, cultural, cultural reasons. But when the pandemic began, I, I thought, what are they going to do now at home? So I was, um, I am a survivor, an IPV survivor. And he said, well, if all these women are going to be at home, I need them to start talking, making new friends, uh, find a hand or support and that's why I offer. Now, I'm so happy to say that I'm helping 1.7K women here in Manitoba. Wow. I've been learning a lot of them. That's fantastic. In the last five years, I know that the Latin America community grew up a lot. Now we have like 20,000 Latinos here. Yeah, it's a community that is starting to really get its uh, feet on the ground here in Manitoba and and building a presence. For most of us, it's not easy to come to another country, leave your family. So we all need friends and 
a community, to build a community. So uh, that's why I I create all these initiative, thinking and helping and supporting Latin American women first, but then I notice that women are not the only one who who needs some help and support, also men. Now I'm trying to to support every gender, yeah, by helping them with building the resumes, telling them how to take a bus, those kind of specific things. What I'm trying to tell people is just to don't be scared or ashamed or for asking for help. Because we, we're going to need help at one point, and we were not uh, born knowing everything, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so after 12 years, I'm still getting lost. <laughs> I don't know where the south or the north. That's okay. I get lost <laughs> all the time myself. <laughs> so I'm assuming they're going to need some help, right? Uh, where to start, how to find a job, what kind of resources we have available here in Winnipeg especially there are a lot of organizations that can help them but they don't know some years ago there was a problem people trying to take advantage of other people so what it was uh, trying to do with my group is telling them all the information is online or here for free you don't need to pay nobody to explain you how how to start right or even to to do your your documents etc so nowadays, uh, people uh, really appreciate all the help that I've been offering. And it's amazing how the, the community is getting together. Now we have a lot of associations, organizations from Ecuador, Colombia, Peru, Chile, most of the Latin American countries. Asking for help is such a challenge, especially if you're coming to a place, and as you're mentioning, you're, you don't know what's here, what services are available. Building that friendship, building that community, and letting them know, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable. And it's pretty normal that people get uh, depressed or have anxiety about different situations. Maybe they cannot leave their houses because of the weather. And not only newcomers, also people that have been here for years. My grandma, she is 87 years old now. The winter, really difficult. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to empower the women here because I know they are able. They are capable to, to go ahead with their lives, right? Sometimes we, not only women, also men, but we have, I don't want to say obstacles, but yeah, the word is obstacles, challenges, obstacles that don't let us uh, see more or, or, or figure out what we can do by ourselves. Sometimes we are in a relationship that is toxic, but we cannot leave them because we think it's only our supportive circle. Right, but if we're being abused, harassed all the time, we we can open a new door and find uh, more help. I never had the Canadian dream, so, so I never thought that I'll come to Canada or or try to move here. But I don't know what's the destiny. My parents were here; they sponsored me, and I came. 
But the first couple of years, uh, I used to run away. I used to say, uh, come to work or study, save some money, go back to, to Ecuador. And after a couple of months, coming back, and that was my life until I became pregnant. And I decided that my life had to change. Sometimes there's those moments, those like wake up moments where you're like, okay, I got to start taking a new path. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I used to be a backpacker, you know, a martial arts teacher back home. Now I I haven't practiced martial arts like for six years, but I'm uh, a black belt. Oh, very <laughs> exciting! What sort of a uh, style did you use? Shotokan, karate, uh, hapkido, and a little bit of craft uh, maga. Wow, that's incredibly impressive. Yeah, I studied martial arts for over ten years. I will say. Since I was 19 or 18 years old, probably. What court, uh, sort of inspired you to, to pursue that? Well, you know, I never I never knew what I want to be or study after the, the college or the high school. I went to the university, study hospitality and tourism, but I thought that they'll take me to trips and know my country or South America, but that didn't happen. So after three three years, I I got kind of tired switch careers. I graduated as a chef, so I, I cook, but I couldn't travel. So I decided that I I, I wanna I wanna live my life, enjoy Every single moment of my life at that point of life, I was a little bit um, not not hippie, but super open mind, I can say. Yeah, you had that wanderlust within you, always wanting to explore, travel, experience new things. And that's when um, my trip began. Um, I learned how to make like um, crafts and, and I started selling them. In my country, um, it used to be super easy just to get rights to go from from one province to another province or travel around Ecuador. And from Ecuador, then you can go to Peru, to Colombia, Venezuela, uh, Chile, Argentina, Brazil. So I enjoy that period of my life. But I also uh, hit the ground, I will say. It happens to the best of us. Yeah. So I was not taking the best decisions, maybe because I was young and crazy, <laughs> like the song. So after I, I became pregnant, I thought about my situation. Yeah, having a family is, um, it's going to, I thought it's going to change my life. I have this big opportunity in Canada where I'm not going to take advantage of it and just, <laughs> so that's why I came here. I decided to move finally to to Canada, uh, and I'm so glad so glad that I decided because I'm giving my my son the best opportunities here. Situation in Ecuador is really really bad. Yeah, super challenging. So we used to have weird, uh, our own um, currency. It used to be sucre. But we had a president who decided to switch the currency to U.S. dollars. So with five dollars, you were able just to get what a little bag of milk and maybe two breads. 
and I don't know, I'm not quite sure <laughs> how is the economical situation now, but I know people from uh, Peru, Colombia, Venezuela are immigrating to Ecuador. And there's a kind of war in jails because, uh, you know, narcos are like buying people around the world. Yeah, that's a kind of tough uh, situation in whole South America, I will say. So that's I think that's one of the reasons why people are moving out out of the country, not only not only Ecuador. It's an incredibly complex sociopolitical situation down there with a long if you're wanting to start a new fam or you're you're starting a family and you had this opportunity, it's like why not? Why not? Take it? So I'll be feeling really guilty if I never took this decision of coming to to Canada. Now I can offer my, all my, my children, I have three right now, <laughs> no more. Um, yeah. <laughs> three is enough. <laughs> more, more than enough. They are like little ducklings behind me sometimes. <laughs> but I'm offering my, my children a house, food, security, uh, health, access to some things that they cannot have there in, in Ecuador. For um, your organization, Latinas Manitoba, uh, what is kind of the hope looking ahead? You started it uh, during COVID. It, it's grown since then. What's kind of the hope and plans looking towards the future? What's my vision is to build um, something like a community center, but also a shelter for for women, right? A community center because we need a space to to show our art or culture or music and um, to get together to practice Spanish to teach our children our culture the language once again most of them are are losing the the Spanish I will say sometimes uh, we uh, adults. Uh, we cannot remember how to say some words in English or Spanish, and that's kind of confusing or annoying sometimes. <laughs> but, but but yeah, so that's one of the reasons old people, they, they need to go outside. They need to talk. Even if they don't speak Spanish, they can uh, meet other people from the community, communicate. That's really important to avoid uh, depression, which is one of the most common uh, problems here. Yeah, it's, it's so important to create those unified spaces where you can celebrate music, art, language, and as you're mentioning, the the struggle to maintain the language in the latest generations, it's something that we hear about in many different diasporas. Of those struggles of balancing your kind of Canadian experience, your Canadian culture, and the culture of your parents, family, and heritage. And yeah, it's always trying to find that that good balance. Right now, in this world, we, we don't need to, to challenge ourselves, like try to be better than the other one. So if we can help the other person to get a better job or to get better opportunities, why not? Right? We're all in this together, right? We're all in this, this experience uh, of what it is to be human. And there's no point in trying to climb over each other. That's right. Why not lift each other up? We can all support each other in these challenging times. 
I've been talking with a lot of Christmas cheer board, Community Helpers Unite, a lot of uh, food services here in Winnipeg, and their numbers are astronomical. Like they're incredibly high. Like things are tumultuous. I think I said that word wrong. Things are challenging right now. And, you know, it's important, regardless of what communities we're from, to come together. Yeah, that's really, really important. So when when you need uh, help or support to know where to go or to whom you can you can talk and share your story or, or try to, to, to be some confident, right? So if you need clothing, uh, food, for example, as you mentioned, there are a lot of resources um, that you mentioned. I'm also offering uh, one of those uh, resources. I have uh, the project uh, Latinas Closet. So I try to recollect secondhand clothes but that, that people can reuse. Right. And also food, no perishable food. So I try to create hampers, make some hampers for people in need, not only Latinos. I have uh, some people from Philippines, India that knock my door, <laughs> I will say. For anyone who needs it. I'm not I'm not just close to Latin community. So if someone needs a hand and I, I'm able to support. So I, I have access access to ask in, in my community, at least on the Facebook group, Facebook group. If we don't have like size number eight for a girl, hey, someone has this available. Just try to find something around and as I said, support. This is the word here. Support each other. We can grow together. So this love and passion for community, is that kind of what inspired you to join us at U Multicultural? Uh, you multicultural as a community host to be there to continue to tell the stories of people here? That's a really good question. Yeah, it's one of the things that inspired me to join to you uh, multicultural, to share stories, share resources, provide information, because there is a lot of misinformation, miscommunication, um, we don't have access to the news now, yeah? So if, if we can discover, a, for example, they had uh, Jorge Fernandez from the Immigrant Center. He was saying that they are trying to have some uh, flyers at least uh, at the airport. So people, when they first arrive, they know um, which places are, are safe to go or what kind of uh, community services, agencies, um, organizations are available in different languages. That's really important. Yeah, it doesn't really help if it's only in English, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, what else inspired me? Because I like to communicate in one part of my life. As I told you, I study martial arts. I met um, a friend, one really good friend in Ecuador. He used to be an actor in New York. Yeah. So he hired me and said, hey, Fernanda, you know, martial arts, I need an extra. Uh, and probably there's when my passion start for the cameras and videos and, and these kind of things. I really enjoy it. And now that this opportunity appear in my life, I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I feel like it's opening more doors for me in order to help my community. Now my organization is recognized as a um, nonprofit. So I'm being invited to do workshops with Seed uh, Winnipeg, the ethnocultural um, group, um, the immigrant center, and some other places. Yeah. So yeah, so that's what I want to do uh, one day. So how I see my organization is a kind of immigrant center built by me in order to support uh, more people. And once again, especially women, because we been suffering in silence for years. And in our culture, when we are being abused or sometimes we feel ashamed of, of recognizing what's going on. That happened to me. That's happening. So I'm trying to pass the message to all of them. The, the domestic violence is not only physical, it's psychological, it's emotional, um, financial, religious, right? It takes on so many different forms. Exactly. So that's why I, I create this um, campaign. And also because October, November is the month of IPV awareness. So I'm trying to, to pass the voice because when I'm doing workshops, I know just some amount of people are going to attend, but the people that really need, maybe they are at home and they, can, they don't have access to, to their phones or I don't, I don't know. I don't know how, how to reach everybody, but if we can share the message slowly, maybe we can do something for each other. It is such a complex situation, multifaceted. Like it is, it's, it's horrible when violent or domestic violence, abuse of any sort takes place. And as you're mentioning, yes, you know, for people who need it the most, you know, sometimes they do not have access to services uh, to support them during that time. But, you know, bringing awareness continues to change, get, remove that stigma of people who are maybe hesitant to reach out for help, as well as maybe give people the tools and resources to recognize what's happening and maybe provide some information to that individual. And then it's up to everybody, right? Because we cannot force no one to decide what to do, but if we left uh, a little seat there, they'll they'll find how to how to leave the the situation. I will say how to move forward. That's why it's important to build community, right? To have those places where someone who is getting out of that situation, to have people who can support them and care about them. And one of the most uh, difficult or challenges situations here is um, that the language barrier. So let's say you have to leave your house and you go to a shelter. If they speak only English, they cannot wait forever until someone finds, uh, try to translate what you're saying on Google or, or with a machine. So, or you cannot wait forever for an interpreter especially if you have children, right? Yeah, so there are, are a lot of cases 
I'm going to show you um, a nice story. <laughs> there was um, a lady who was um IPV victim. No, no physically, but emotionally for over 12 years, I will say. One of her daughters had um, cancer and she had uh, four other kids. She went to one of the resources. I will say like she found a social worker, a Spanish speaking social worker, but she was living on hold like since November until February. Uh, and that's when I, I start feeling this uh, passion of helping people because if I went through that and if I have one resource, the language, if I can try to communicate what she was looking for or feeling or just making some phone calls to try to find a safe place for her and her children, well, <laughs> and I was able to. And there's when I found a Sherry Winsley uh, from Shade, um, Shade. Safe, safe housing. I don't remember what's the meaning of shade right now. I'm sorry, Sherry. Um, but yeah, she is a super good social worker. She speaks only English, but she has been helping a lot, a lot of women here in Manitoba. She's one of my mentors. Also, uh, Humaira Jalil. She's from Healthy Muslim Families. I really love these two ladies. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, they are my mentors. I'm, I'm trying, if I have any questions about, hey, this is happening, what can I do? They have the answer for me. And uh, it is the safe housing and directed empowerment. Yes. So after that, we found uh, a shelter for this lady. Well, she had to call me to do the, some interpretations for her, right, with, with her um, worker at the shelter. And um, finally, uh, she found how to move to another province because that was one of her dreams. Just leave Manitoba, go to Alberta. She's living in Alberta now, happy with her uh, four children. She has a car, she can drive, she's renting a house. She got a job, so she she know she can see now what she was able to do it before, and that's what I mean by ob obstacles before. Sometimes you don't want to see what's going on or what's happening in your life, but when you let um, the obstacle go, I will say, you're going to notice that you're able to, to reach the heaven if you want. So I, I don't think there's nothing impossible for us until... Anything is possible if you're driven and have individuals and organizations to help you through those challenging times. I just want to congratulate my my community because they are growing and we are growing together, holding our hands, I will say. Colombians, Peruvians, people from Chile, Ecuador, they have their own associations, but they are trying to to maintain our culture, our language, our music, our dances, the folklore, which is really important to, to share. And yeah, and also if they have a situation that like one of these ones, they try to reach me, hey, Fernanda, can you help? Yes, of course. And that's how we are moving forward. Fernanda, thank you so much for taking this time to chat with me. And I'm excited to see how not only Latinas Manitoba grows, but the Latino community as a whole continues to grow here in Winnipeg and Manitoba. And for everyone listening, let's, let's continue 
to be a community together, help people when they're experiencing challenges and be that support. For, for sure. So, yeah, as I said, it's not a competition. Together we are stronger and we can make things happen. Have any stories you'd like us to share or communities we should highlight? Leave a comment on our social media or reach out to us on our website. I'm Ryan Funk. This was You Talk. And have yourself a good one.